Dan Zestremski, host of the Ringer Gambling Show. You want to join my buddy, Joe House, and I every Tuesday and Friday. We break down all the lines, the leans, totals, props, and so much more for the NBA playoff action. And JJ, you never know when the pod father himself, Bill Simmons, is going to stop in. Plus, we are dropping special episodes in the feed around all the big events. We have some major golf coming up, JJ. You want to get in on all of it. So whether you fancy yourself as a sharp or someone who likes to just throw a few shekels down, get on the action with the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Weekends with Waz. Of course, I'm your host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazney Lambre. And I'm joined by my man. You catch his work at Bleacher Report, Pods with the Athletic. He's a Twitch streaming star now. Um, this guy is literally the definition of multimedia. Mo Doc Hill, what's going on, brother? What's up, Waz? How we doing today? I'm good, man. I can't complain. You know, um, I'm actually recording live from beautiful Fairlawn, New Jersey. Um, shouts to my sister Mel for allowing me to use her parents' <laughs> office to record this podcast. Shouts to my man, Max Zadis, uh, my favorite person from Fairlawn, New Jersey in the world. Um, man, last night, yo, uh, everything that I love about the playoffs last night embodied it because I think there was a, uh, a narrative beginning to form that Boston got their guys back. They were big. They, you know, they handled their business in game two and that, you know, Boston was going to sort of have a chokehold on this series going forward. And the Miami Heat came out and absolutely blitzed them um, in game three on the road in Boston. Jimmy Butler, of course, We'll get to that later. He had to leave at halftime because of knee inflammation, um, something he's been dealing with basically the entire postseason. Uh, Cal Lowry came back. Bam Adebayo finally, finally um, found his form. We, no, no, I he, think showed up, been... he showed up, Was He showed up. It wasn't, it wasn't, <laughs> he showed up. It wasn't, he just showed up. He finally came. He finally arrived. 
I think a lot of people have been waiting for that. So, yeah, I mean, what did you think about Kyle and what he brought to the game? Because I thought that was pretty important. He felt like a like a really steadying hand um, being back out there in the lineup. Well, it's funny because like you were saying, game two, the whole narrative was the Celtics get their starters back. Well, this is what happened when Miami gets their starter back, right? This is yeah. a big difference over, you know, him starting over Gabe Vincent. And you saw the most surprising thing was the pace immediately looking to kick it out, looking to get the ball ahead, quick attacks. I mean, within the first like seven, eight possessions, every Heat player had a bucket. It it, it wasn't an accident, right? It was Lowry feeding and finding those opportunities. I felt like they had eight fast break points in the first quarter. I mean, they're not a fast break team, but it's the tempo and the pace. And I think Lowry is what got Bam off. And I think that's the important thing for what we're, we're talking about in the discussion. And that's what Lowry brings, you know, besides what he does defensively and everything like that. And in the half court, very steady hand like that. It's a great term you use there was, but I think he just kicks up the pace to another notch for Miami. And I think that's, that's what makes them special when he's on the court, he makes them special. Yeah. And I sound like a broken record oftentimes when I say this, but when you're playing a team like Boston and even Miami scoring in the half court is going to be very difficult you need to find ways to generate easier baskets and looks because you cannot subsist by just trying to score. I don't care how sophisticated your stuff is. You don't have enough great players that you can just attack Boston in the half court and, you know, do so efficiently. So Lowry coming back and getting them stuff in transition, which we know this, transition baskets are just generally speaking more efficient offense than half court. That's always the case. And so whenever you can have an opportunity to do that, that's found money. Yeah. I mean, they just, they were flying up the court and it was things like, you know, it wasn't even so much just transition, but early offense, right? Bam gets an opportunity to attack Horford in space. You know, he's catching it on the wing. The defense isn't set. It's him versus Horford with all that space. He's going to blow by him. And he was on a mission last night. And I felt like this is this is a key thing for them, right? The different attacks, the different looks they were able to get Bam and different opportunities were all part of the game there. And kind of what led to like that, that's how they built that massive lead. Yeah. And, you know, to me, the most important thing about last night's game, like obviously Bam, 15 of 22, uh, 31 points plus 17. Of course, he got his customary 10 boards. Six assists, which again, I think is huge, which means that they're running stuff through him, right? So the rhythm of the offense is based on how he's getting going. To me, the most important stat, though, he got 22 shots up. Like, that's that tells you he's being aggressive and he's hunting his shots. And, you know, you give people, I like to give people credit for being these team-oriented guys, sort of. Get your stuff within the flow. We hate these guys that dribble the air out of the ball right. or constantly need an ISO or constantly need a this. In Bam's case, he can be too team-oriented to a fault. And tonight, I guess he got the message, man. Like, no, like, you need to be an all-star caliber player if Miami is going to get to the next round. And he was that. He attacked um, Horford. He attacked Grant Williams, who, you know, we know they got a history there going back from high school to the SEC and now in the NBA. Um, it was just dope to see his, you said he showed up. It was just like, yeah, man, like your team needs you to be great. <laughs> There's no other way this thing is going to get done. He's supposed to be the second best player on this team. 
Like there's no question about it. And that's part of the responsibility of being the second best player is, yo, at points, you got to go get yours. And, and that's, you can't be shy about it. You can't be bashful. And that's exactly what he was doing in this, in this game. Like he was demanding the ball and things like that. And when you talk about the assists, I think he's so important for the Heat's ecosystem offensively. You know, the dribble handoff game and things like that. There were a bunch of plays last night and, you know, it wasn't all just bam, but on opportunities where they would, Heat would go to their handoffs and two Celtics would jump at the guy before he gets the ball. And, you know, like PJ Tucker comes to example, he just turns the corner and gets an easy layup, you know? And I think those are the things that they need to get more of. Like, I felt like Miami went away from that in the first two games, uh, especially in game two. That's where you get it. When Bam has six assists, it's the, the, the offense ecosystem is alive and well for the Miami Heat, and it's growing. And I think that's the important thing with that. But on top of that, it only works if he's aggressive because the threat of him going to score is what's going to open up the other guys. Yeah, and so let's get to the Boston side of all of this because, again, I, I picked them to win the series. I um, mean, I still think they're in a decent position to do so, right? Uh, it's not like all is lost because you're down 2-1. But I think to last night what you saw was, you know, the uglier side of Boston rear its head where its offense can get, you know, kind of bogged down at times when the ball isn't whizzing. The stuff that Ime Doka spent the first port the first portion of the season constantly bitching about <laughs> in the media. Um, I think we saw a little bit of that last night. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, first I thought they came in with a very, very blase attitude kind of mm. coming into this game, you know, almost like as you were saying, the the narrative was kind of after game two. Look, the Celtics have won you know, all the quarters except for one, you know, uh, it, like they've, they've been dominant. Like really, if it wasn't for that third quarter in game one, they'd probably be up 2-0. There was a very, at, you could feel that attitude coming from them on the court in the, in the first half. And, you know, they start throwing the ball all over the place and the heat, listen, that's the wrong team to have that attitude against. Cause the heat are coming yeah. for your throat. Every game. Yeah. And you know, and culture, and then, Mo. Culture, right. Or just like a really great strength and conditioning program. Um, but the, the 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 whole fact though is like Lowry comes back and now they're pushing, right? And now they got their mm-hmm. guy and they get their confidence. They lose Butler. They didn't really miss a step. And it wasn't he wasn't very aggressive in the first half. Like it was funny. I felt like, wow, it's weird. They're doing all this without Jimmy, not knowing what was gonna come. In the second right. half. And then you kind of hear that. I'm like, well, that makes sense. Jimmy was kind of taking a back seat this game. But that's the opportunity. Boston's got to step on their throats. And that's that killer instinct that Yudoka's really, really wants from these guys. And that's the stuff he's been screaming for. And they, they just did not have it at all in that game. We got the bad Tatum game. Um, three of 14. One of seven from three. Uh, you know, 10 points overall. Uh, There's just, you know, Six it's going to be tough. Six turnovers. That's that's untenable for a guy that's basically your offensive hub. He can't just be throwing the ball around. Jalen Brown, who his handle has somehow regressed. I don't like he's like the ball just seems so like loose now. He had another seven turnovers. What's going on with that? It's so funny because it feels like it regresses and 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 progresses play to play. Right. Like some plays are like, yeah, oh, wow, look at those ball handlings. And the next place, like, oh, oh, there the ball goes. Like, it's it's so weird with with Jalen on that. The one thing I'll say to, to his credit, he attacked with a purpose, though. 
right? Like yeah. he, he didn't make, you know, he, he went three and nine from three, but his four, you know, his, his twos, his, his attacks into the lane were aggressive and purposeful. And even though he had some turnovers in that mix, it was, I'm going to the rim. I'm going to attack. You get Max Struess out of my way. Like he can't guard me and things like that. Like I thought that was important there, but listen, you can't win a game. If you have 23 turnovers, 19 of them was live ball turnovers. You're basically just handing the yeah. ball to the other team and saying, go, go, go attack while go we try to chase me. you. Yeah. Right. You know, Get layups. It, you know, like as a coach, I'd if I'm going to have 23 turnovers, I want all of them to be balls thrown out of bounds or 24 shot clock violations. So I could go set my defense. This is, this was a complete disaster on that end. And it, I mean, you're not going to win a game. And the fact they got back in this game was impressive with all those turnovers, but man, like they were way too loose with the ball, you know, just sloppy passing, like trying to squeeze it into areas where you can. I was just, I, it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. And I think, you know, if we can spin it forward here, uh, the solutions are there for Boston. Um, and I think it's within their will to achieve them, right? Like <laughs> not give the ball away, uh, Get back, get your ass back on defense. You're playing a real NBA team who's looking to run your ass off the court. Uh, get back on defense. Um, obviously, Tatum, what when you that's the thing about today's game. Like when you are a very jump shot oriented player, there are gonna be ebbs and flows to your games, right? Like there will be a game where Jason Tatum misses shots. I think we saw that tonight. And, you know, he'll have other games where he gets hot. So I'm not overly concerned about that. I don't think I saw Miami doing anything special or specific to get him, you know, messed up or out of rhythm. Did you see anything with Tatum that would make you think, all right, like making him not as efficient as he possibly be seems like something that Miami can do going forward? I don't think there was anything that's like groundbreaking. I mean, I know I'm not going to uh, shatter the earth here when I say, oh, they were just more physical with him, but they were right. into him a little bit more, right? Like they were mm -hmm. bumping him a little bit more. You know, I think um, it's funny. The the Heat had a ton of fouls. The Celtics went to the free throw line a ton, but I still don't feel like they called all the fouls. Like the, it was right. it was a very physical game. And like, you know, well, it's the old philosophy mode. They can't call everything. Well, yeah. I mean, well, that's the <laughs> you whole thing, right? right? They're not going to blow the whistle <laughs> on every play. Um, we're going to challenge them, too. And, and they were extremely physical with him. I think he's going to counter that and he's going to be fine. I think they'll work him off the ball a little more and get him into quick actions, kind of come off a pin down and quick curl opportunities and things like now I'm getting super nerdy. This is what I do. No, 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 um, no. We need this. But I think there's going to be more things like that on the move for Tatum in that, so mm -hmm. that it's harder to stay physical with him and, and, and really kind of body him up with with all of those things he's gonna adjust you, you we've seen it from him at this point especially in these playoffs when he's had a bad game he kind of figures it out you know he's he's better later in the series as he figures out the defense more and i think that's something we'll we'll see more of but you know it's it's for boston fans it's not panic time at all no like it even i mean it, it feels bad even close but you battled back in this game like listen yeah. i'm not gonna lie to you was i was making plans at halftime I was like, cool, I'm probably not even going to watch the fourth quarter. This thing's going to be a blowout. I mean, then they right. start to make that run at the end of the second quarter. And I'm like, oh, okay. like I might have to delay these here a little bit. So, I mean, like they battled back into this game. Give them a lot of credit. They made it a one-point game with under three minutes left. Yeah. you. I mean, you know, and 
the Heat obviously got some timely shooting. Max Struess hit a big shot. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I called Max Struess um, the found fries at the bottom of the bag. Somebody <laughs> said that I stole that from Mark Jones. I'll have you guys know. I stole that from my buddy that I was sitting next to having a beer with. Um, I <laughs> do that a Mark lot. Jones? I still, <laughs> no, it was not. I steal from my friends all the time. They they say that they ghostwrite my Twitter account. Um, I feel that, Waz. I feel that. After our coffees, <laughs> I feel that. After we go have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> We're letting you guys behind the curtain. And just to further let the listener in behind the curtain, we had somebody booked, um, a Celtics beat buddy of ours, booked but after getting waxed the Celtics decided they had to practice today so he ended up having to go to practice so I think what Mo's talking about some of the stuff they'll probably work on making life a little bit easier for Tatum uh figuring out the transition situation I think they'll tighten that stuff up and because man I really feel like the modern NBA and the playoffs is a war of attrition it's literally the last man standing is going to win this thing. Um, Time Lord couldn't play because of need. Jimmy left the game. Um, what do we think? Because I, I feel like with knee inflammation, you would know more about this than me, Mo, um, especially be, having been on the team side. Isn't I thought that you were saying because I was old. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Isn't that just a straight up like he has to just get off of it and hope that he can withstand the pain going forward? Yeah, there's not much you can do with knee inflammation. It kind of just yeah. flares up at times and things like that. I mean, look, he missed the game against Atlanta in the yep. playoffs because of that. And, it, it, you know, I, he, I don't remember him missing a game against Philly with that, but it, it wasn't no. it's not a shock. That, hey, like, yo, it's it's sore. And that means, like, hey, look, he's not doing much in practice. You got to stay off of it. You almost just need him to go as much as he possibly can and and get going in that. I think the – I don't think it's a, something I'd be too concerned about. It, Chris Haynes had tweeted out not long after the game that it doesn't seem like this is going to be something that he's going to miss uh, a game with and things like that. But it's something you have to manage as a coaching staff, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's it's beyond just in the game. All right, how much can Jimmy do in practice, if anything? What do we have him do in walkthrough? You know, like what's the 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 training staff sits with you as a coaching staff and you start kind of figuring out what what he can. And you're not practicing much in the playoffs anyways, but like you're you're still trying to kind of figure things out. And you just want him off of it as much as possible going into, you know, game four. Yeah. And, you know, again, spinning it forward, I think the Celtics, their main dogs. Horford, Brown, Tatum are relatively healthy. Marcus Smart is going to do enough um, on his bad foot. And I just think, again, their mistakes are correctable. And overall, they just I feel like they just have more bullets in the gun to go to uh, than Miami does in this series, specifically if, if Jimmy Butler is not going to be. Let's face it, he's been incredible. This entire postseason, man, dropping 30, 40 regularly on fools. So if he's not going to be that level of wing, um, I got to give Boston the edge going forward. But I'm looking forward to the rest of this series because these guys are going to battle and they're going to grind. Um, we want to get you on the record, Mo, uh, to begin, give you an opportunity to be a man and be right. Uh, who you got going forward in this series? <laughs> I love how you phrase that. <laughs> oh man, I had I had Boston winning this 
and I had Boston mm-hmm. actually winning this in seven because I think this is one of those series. You're right. Like, Boston has more options they can go to. I think they have to go to it. I think there are some stuff rotation-wise that they should change and things like that. Maybe put more Pritchard minutes in than uh, Derek White. I think, you know, you mm-hmm. get a lot more offensively from him. And maybe a touch, just a little bit lower defense, but still pretty good compared to uh, White shooting on offense. I think the trade-off is fine. I think they just have way too many options for them. You know, even, you know, we didn't even mention it, but even Hero's dealing with a little something with his leg. His leg was right. wrapped up. It's, that's something I'd be concerned about. But Miami's going to make you earn it. It's not something that they're just going to be able to walk into and do it. If, if they if they have to go and fight for this, and that's going to be the important thing for it. So I have Boston in seven. It also wouldn't surprise me if they win the next three games and they win this thing in six and just go on a run. But the the most important aspect of it is they have to come in here with the appropriate amount of fear, you know, and 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 respect as well, and understand that like, hey, we can't walk through these things. We got to take them serious at every level of this game and really attack them. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two for five dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so that's that for the Boston-Miami series. Um, I wanted to talk to you about something that I thought was interesting, and I want to get your opinion because, again, as I mentioned, you worked on the team side, both for the Spurs and the Clippers, which organizationally, as far as, like, functioning in a healthy manner, are on the opposite ends of poles, particularly in the Sterling era when you were there, Mo. But... In Brooklyn, they let go of some assistance uh, this week. And I just thought it was interesting. What do you think when you see that happen down in Brooklyn where they're letting, um, you know, guys in Nash's staff go, but obviously he's still coming back next year? No, I think that stuff kind of happens. I'm not going to read too much into it. I, I feel like certain times it's a, this is not really working anymore or clicking or, or, or whatnot, you know, or we need to go a different route. I mean, here's the thing was, and this is, I was on the record of this way back when, when Nash assembled the staff, 
I didn't like the idea of some of the guys he brought on. Like I didn't, I don't mm. see the value of Amari Stoudemire mm. on the staff. You know, somebody that's never coached and things like that. And I think at one point he was trying to get Dirk on 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 board or something. Mm. And I just felt like, yo, like you're you're a first time head coach. Like you need to surround yourselves you with need experience. With, yep. And he did for the most part for a while, right? Because look, Udoka came from there. Um, yep. You know, Jack Vaughn, former head coach. You know, uh, Mike D'Antoni was Mike there, D, yep. and then and then he left after this season. That stuff changes. It's all about who you bring in and how do you kind of uh, adjust and and so on. Like, look, when I was with the Spurs, incredibly stable organization, organizationally with that. Everybody knew their role and things like that. But everybody also had a lot of experience and, and, and opportunities when they came in and everything that went with it. You know, I think this is going to be important for Brooklyn is finding the right staff. It's going to help Nash grow as a coach. Cause that's the, that's the thing, you know, we need to see something a little more creative offensively. We need a little bit more defensively from them, you know, strategy wise and things like that. I think it just can't be, all right, just give the ball to Kyrie, give it to KD, let them cook. We'll figure out the rest. Like, no, you need to put them in a system and you need to kind of put something together. And I think you need to put the right staff around them. And yeah, the organization's going to help. They're going to have, they're saying it. But it's also Nash has to be, has to be ready to work with these guys, and ultimately he's got to pull the trigger on who's being brought on. I get nervous when a front office decides who's on a staff. Mm. Well, let's make you into a tall Australian really quickly, and let's just say you're Sean Marks. Who are you bringing in? Like, do you just look around the league, a bunch of his, um, uh, you know, experienced, qualified assistants, and say, hey, we're just gonna throw some money at him? Um, and poach him, like, what would be your approach to filling out that staff? Because, look, man, they're probably going to give Kyrie his money, and it's going to be right back into the pressure cooker. You guys are going to be – they're going to be expected to win a damn championship next year. So what what would your approach be to filling out those vacancies? First off, if I'm going to be Sean Marks, I need to correct you and let you know that I'm a Kiwi and not an Aussie. Oh, excuse that's, me. That's offensive, and I'm oh, offended no, they, now. They're gonna kill, I'm offended man. Now. They're, gonna, they're gonna fucking kill me on Twitter. <laughs> oh man. Um, you know, I think you just got to go find guys. Like, you know, one guy I would really try to poach if it's if he if he doesn't get a head job is Phil Handy of the Lakers. You know, they're gonna mm, have a Phil. new they're gonna have a new organization. But you know, listen, Phil's had his hands on a lot of great teams, right? Yep. He was with Kyrie in Cleveland, Cleveland with, yep. with with LeBron when they won a championship. The bubble championship, he was there. He was, with, in, um, he, he was in Toronto yep. with Kawhi when they won the championship. Like, he yeah. has a championship pedigree in there. I think yep. eventually he'll be looking for a head coaching job, but there, were, there weren't a lot of opportunities this year, and if he doesn't get any of these that are available, I think that that's, super smart, that's yeah. probably my first phone call. Let mm. me get a dude that can also talk to Kyrie and really, and, and not only talk to Kyrie, but call him on his bullshit when he's acting like an idiot, you know? Yeah. And by the way, every player acts like an idiot. Every player needs to have somebody bring him down at some point. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I act like an idiot 90% of the time. I need my girlfriend to bring me down, you know, and remind me like, <laughs> hey, you're being stupid. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. So like, it's not like anything about that, but you need that. And I think it's important on the staff and just having him in that respect level that he would bring in automatically, I think, takes you another level and it kicks you up another notch in terms of, you know, somebody there that that elevates your staff right there. And I think that'd be the first call. And I'd be like, man, sucks, man. You didn't get a head coaching job. How much do you need to come to New York? You know, yeah, like that's I mean, just just tell me what the number is like. I It's 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 going to be here for you. Come on. 
Like, let's go. Get on a plane. We talked to Phil Handy for like an hour plus over at the old job. Um, and that dude is extremely impressive. Um, just He just comes off as somebody who gets it, um, has a presence about him, and knows his shit, you know, more importantly. So that would be really dope if Nash could get him. I bet you people didn't think we were going to get into the weeds of assistant coaching world <laughs> in the NBA when you turned this podcast on today. But Mo, thank you for coming on. Reminded people where they could get your stuff and what they should be on the lookout for. Yeah, just follow me on Twitter, M-O-D-A-K-H-I-L underscore NBA. That's where I have all my stuff. I write for Bleacher Report, podcast for The Athletic. I post just a crap ton of videos um yep. live tweet during games and and you know I, I my one mo thing series of videos uh just come follow me on twitter you'll find all my stuff because i have no problem with the self-promotion yes sir mo is a must follow um if you guys are wondering how i am so sharp and amazing yeah i still a lot of shit for mo's twitter <laughs> account too don't, don't even get it twisted. That's <laughs> happening on a regular basis. Uh, that's our show for today. Of course, make sure you're checking out everything else we have uh, on the Ringer NBA podcast feed. Of course, make sure you're checking out the mismatch. Um, obviously, the big dog with Rosillo every single Sunday talking NBA playoffs. We'll see you guys next time. I'm out of here. Peace. Peace.